Hello and welcome to Bottled Up on a mission to create conversations and make the mental health of men a top priority. You're joined by myself, Sunny, and Mayank, close friends from university who want to share the stories of everyday people on our platform. The reason? Because we are not alone. Before we kick this conversation off, thank you for tuning in and listening. If you haven't already, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and follow our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your conversations. It makes a huge difference to our reach with these awesome guests and potentially life-saving conversations. And if you haven't just yet, it takes 20 to 30 seconds to leave us a review and would help us out massively. Thank you again and buckle up for another great conversation. You're an ultra marathon runner um, who pushes himself up to you, pushes himself to the absolute limit. Yeah. Now, with this in mind, which of the following options in your life <laughs> has been much has been scarier? Right, running running for forty eight hours straight, or the thought of running for forty eight hours straight, or the time you asked your girlfriend out for the very first time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is. The time I asked my girlfriend out for the first time, we went for a run. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, so my first date with my current girlfriend, we actually ran around the river. So, oh, really? The same thing? Oh, okay. Um, the same river? Yeah, the same oh, river God. that I ran the 48-hour in. So, Jeez. So the, the answer is... To be honest, the 48-hour for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because, you know what? Like, when you, when you get to a place of... Um, just being ultimately confident like mm. there's not a lot that really scares you mm. yeah. and, and this is the this is the point that I, I got to in the in the like now in my life is like there's not much that really I have fear of mm. you know um, mm. and you know like I'm, I'm still young like I'm 28 um, and I've been through a lot in life mm. and you, you ultimately get to a point where it doesn't matter if you're deciding to run for 48 hours or you know you're trying to ask the hottest girl that you know (laughs) you kind of just have a swing at it and you're like you know what what's the worst that's going to happen she's not going to want to run with me like (laughs) why is she not going to want to run with me like come on (laughs) so um yeah, I, I I wasn't too scared to ask her to go for a run. You know, like, it's not like I was asking her to go on a hot date somewhere and like dinner on a rooftop with you know cocktails. And it's like, hey, just come run with me for four kilometers. That's, that's all right. Yeah, sure, it's not going to be that bad. Like, surely you can't go. What can go wrong? Well, the funny thing is, is I didn't know how much of a runner she was, but when I ran the forty-eight hour, so I ran, I think it was around two hundred and twenty k. She actually ran a hundred k on the run. So, Jesus, she's a, yeah, she's a phenomenal runner. And yeah. even now, like, I don't, I run, but I don't run ridiculously like I used to. Mm. But she's mm. a phenomenal runner. Wow. So <laughs> I kind of run with her, and it's like I've got to keep up with her speed. Yeah. And that's oh, fucking yeah. sad. <laughs> Jesus. That's awesome. So anyway, it's common interest. I'm, I'm very, very fortunate, you know that. She uh, she supported me on the run. Not. Man, 100k is no easy feat. That is like a no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no. I was it definitely. She went from being like a ten to an a 
I'm 11. Hopefully she's listening. She will. She listens to every podcast. Ah, like, oh, that's sweet. It doesn't matter oh, what awesome. like podcast I'm on. Like I was, sometimes I've told the same story of a lot of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She just she loves it. She's yeah, like well, one supporter. Mate, that's a twelve. Yeah, that yeah. just turned into a twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. There's no number yeah. that can be put. I in, know, so. I know. Yeah. But anyway, hopefully that answers we'll, your question. <laughs> yeah, that does. I will make sure to. We'll make sure to keep this part of the the that that response in there. So <laughs> yeah. it's a little shout out to her. <laughs> Please, She's yeah. Listening yeah. Love it. Well, uh, there's so many ways we can kick this off. <laughs> Damo, I know you're like, you're full of energy. I think that's, I'm, I just want to start off with that. Like, um, I've been, I've been following you on Instagram for about three years, two and a half yeah. years, I think. Um, and, you know, around the time we brought Sean Bell on, I know you guys are close mates and we've got yeah. a couple of other runners on, like, it's just awesome the amount of energy that you guys just bring on. Um, and mm. just this idea that opportunities always available and like mm. there's always something out there and i'm a big believer in one of the things that you've said like luck doesn't just come out of nowhere um yeah. luck luck gets curated luck gets created and i'm a big philosopher like i'm a big um believer in this idea that you can increase the surface area of your luck by um mm. putting yourself out there in multiple different opportunities opening those doors and that's how luck actually happens um but i know a lot of these things haven't happened overnight for you and before we touch on parts of your story and, and things like that just kind of keen just to get an understanding of you know demo growing up um you're obviously a, a big footballer growing up as well and you've played football even played in the vfo but um can you take us back to just you know the demo growing up um what was he like um was he full of energy was he a little cheeky <laughs> was the cheeky grin still there <laughs> yeah always i come out of the hospital like that <laughs> give out of the womb like that yeah oh uh, no nah, to be honest like I was just a kid, eh? Yeah. Like, I'm a kid. I, I loved being outdoors. I loved just having fun. I loved being with my mates. I loved um, riding my bike. Just ball sports was my thing. Mm. Like, I just always had a knack growing up for... Yeah, and I'm very fortunate that, like, I just had a natural gift for, for being talented, mm. you know, with, with that sort of stuff, whether it was footy, cricket, soccer, tennis, sort of did a range of different things. But... Um, I was, yeah, very, very lucky that I just had a natural, natural talent for mm. it. And for yeah. me, I just like my happiest moments were just being outside. Like, you know, it's a, it's a little bit different to now where back then, you know, yeah, we had like a PS1 <laughs> yeah, and a Nintendo and, and like things like that. Game OSP. Yeah, yeah. We had like, <laughs> like when you look back now, you're like, what's that? Like, yeah, metaverse. Just, they laugh, like they'll laugh at us. And they're like, are you kidding me? Is that what you had? You had that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so growing up, like, yeah, we, you know, we'd sit on the PS, PS1 for a little bit, but majority of my time will be like, get home from school, jump mm. on the bike, go for a ride, like, get dirty, get messy, come back with bruises, scratches, blood pouring mm. everywhere and just be mm. like, yeah, cool. Like what a, <laughs> what a, what a time, time that was. But yeah, mm. footy was sort of my life growing up. Um, I always kind of knew that that was the avenue I wanted to take. Mm. Um, I more just did it because I loved it. Like I, I loved being at the footy club. I loved being with my mates. I was good at it. So it kind mm. of just helped. Um, yeah. And then, you know, growing up, I always knew that I was going to try and play mm. AFL. Um, as I sort of got older, 15, 16, it started to become a bit more of a reality that, oh, this could be a possibility. Mm. Um, mm. Playing representative sides and then, you know, sort of moving into 18, playing out at Calder Cannons. Mm. Um, 
that year was was a, a change, like a turning point in my life. Just you know, I, I'd always knew that I wanted to play AFL, but then that year when I played at Calder was like oh, I cemented. Yep, this is what I really want to do. Um, ended up winning the best and fairest at Cold Cannons, going through draft camp. Um, I tore my hamstring in the last game of the season, my TAC Cup year. And <clears throat> anyone who knows a little bit about TAC Cup and football finals is kind of like where you you cement your spot in, in recruiters' yeah. eyes, you know, if you play well in finals. So I ended up missing three of the final series, didn't play, um, and then ultimately just didn't get drafted because – you know, I didn't test while I was coming off the back of injury mm. and carrying the hamstring. Mm. And so I moved on, played played VFL, didn't get drafted, played VFL out of Williamstown for five years. And it was just a spiral. Like, it was a downward spiral from, mm. from TAC Cup. <clears throat> um, dislocated both my shoulders two years in a row. Did my ACL two years in a row after that. <clears throat> so four years in a row, pretty much, after I left TAC Cup, I just spent in rehab. Mm shoulder Ricos and, and ACL Ricos. And they're probably two of the hardest injuries that you can come back yeah, from. Absolutely. Just um, the ACL, it's it's more a confidence thing too. Mm. You know, like after the first one, you're still motivated. After the second one, mm. you lose a little bit of motivation. After the third one, you question life. After yeah. the fourth one, you want to kill someone like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> that's, that's just where you get to, you know. And, and I think that was the point I got to was just like, you know what? this is just taking way too much away from my life. Um, what I want to do, you know, like uh, I couldn't really pursue careers because I was stuck on a couch for months at a time. Um, and yeah, I think I just got to a point where, you know, there was things happening at home with dad where mm -hmm. dad got sick and I just knew that, all right, now my, my focus needs to shift from, oh, I want to play AFL to, hey, I need to be at home. I need to be with my family. I need support, love and care for them. And that became my reality for the next few years after that. So in terms of football, like I, I look back and I think, yeah, do, do I regret anything I did? No, not really. I just, sometimes shit happens. And, you know, did I put myself in the best opportunity to, to succeed? Maybe not from a training perspective. Back then I was young and, you know, I just thought my talent would get me through. <clears throat> and that's like, you know, a lot of, teenagers today that's generally what they rest their laurels on mm. for me I, I did like i didn't you know i wasn't really massive advocate for running i hated running mm. and that might be surprised <laughs> to a lot of people but i did i fucking mm. hated it like i hated mm. turning up to pre-season and the thought of doing a 3k time trial or six 1ks or a bunch of mm. 400s like i hated it it made me miserable <clears throat> um but ultimately probably led to all the injuries that i i had mm. you know because I didn't prepare yeah. myself um, physically to be in the best possible shape to yeah. to get through a season. Mm. And it showed because every three, four weeks, I'd tear a hamstring or I'd do a calf. Or a... <clears throat> so I look back and I say, oh, it wasn't anyone's fault. It was my fault, you know, and you ultimately you take that blame. Mm. Um, but I'm also very, very grateful because what I've been able to do since leaving football has probably given me the greatest fulfillment Mm. Then if I had have played AFL, you know, um, mm. it's probably given me a bit more of a realization about life and get to this emotional well-being state where I'm very, very content with where I'm at in life. And I don't know mm. if I had gone through the AFL system, whether I would have experienced that mm. or whether I would have got to that point. Um, and probably, you know, what happened with dad and, and that is probably a blessing in disguise that I'll, you know, I wasn't in the AFL system trying to focus on playing AFL and then dealing with my dad. I don't know how that would have panned out, but mm. 
ultimately I sit back now and I'm like, yeah, I'm very content that I didn't play AFL. Very, very content yeah. because I'm a lot happier. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm probably the happiest I've ever been. And people, yeah. I say that to people all the time, they seem baffled. And I'm like, you know, I wouldn't change my circumstance. Like, dude, like I've lost my dad. Like, oh, yeah, I'd love to have him back. But I don't know where I would have been if, if he had been here. Yeah. Like, if I would have just been working my day to day, would have been just going through life in a relationship that yeah. I was in for seven years mm. prior. I probably would have been stuck in that mode like 90% of people are. Just get through life. Just get through life. Now it's like, fuck that. I'm going to smash life. I'm going to mm. take the bull by the horns and run with it and see where it takes me. And if I yeah, fall flat on my ass, yeah, yeah. like, like yeah. I get back up and we go again. Like, what's the next project? What's the next mm. thing that we can accomplish? So, yeah. Um, uh, you, you talked about, about football and I just wanted to just quickly, quickly just add to that. Like, um, when I played, I, I, my only footballing experience when I was younger was Auskick. <laughs> like I, if there was a pack that formed that like required me to put my body on the line i'd be like that one bloke who'd like run away from the pack and like yeah. just gone to the sidelines and start clapping and just started like, you're you know, the teammate that no one wants to be around yeah <laughs> doesn't put his body on the line at all yeah I, and I, that, that's the thing like i realized that footy wasn't for me in, in about in like i think first quarter within the within the <laughs> first ten, within the first 10 minutes of the first quarter i think <laughs> So I realized the footy wasn't my thing. So I realized that pretty early. Um, but you, no, you, you spoke there. No, you spoke yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, my mind's definitely not in the physical physical space. Move uh, tennis. I only played individual sports when I was a kid, like cricket or tennis. <laughs> that nothing that required zero like physical yeah. contact. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's something that I realized when I was younger. Uh, and you spoke there about realizations. Um, what what was the realization that you had? And you spoke about you know obviously with your with your with the tragic passing of your of your dad. Yeah. Um, what was one of the I guess one of the key realizations that you had um, from that experience? I can give you fifteen realizations that I've had throughout the journey. You know, like <clears throat> one thing you the ultimate thing that you realize is for me, and I say I speak about it all the time is that you know when you see someone faced with death, that's that's fear, man. Like that's and I say this on all the podcasts, like. If you walk through your life in fear of everything you're going to do, you're going to restrict yourself around a lot, you know? And, and you see it now, like people walk around in fear. They get up in the morning, they're fearful. They go to work, they're fearful. They get into their relationship, they're fearful. They get into their car, they're fearful. Like we unfortunately have this thing around us, this stigma that fear is surrounded by us and fear dictates our life. And I think the realization that I had was, Fear no longer is going to dictate who I am as a person and how I live my life moving forward. Um, you know, like I, I, I share this story all the time, and I, I spoke at um, a financial planning group conference the other uh, the other week, and I told this story, and I just it was about you know the two days prior to my dad passing away that um, you know we went in there and we had to just explain to him what was happening, and my, me and my brother went in and I sat down on one side, my brother sat down on the other side and we just said, hey dad, like, you know, this is, this is the end, you know, this is the point where you, you're going to have an opportunity to say goodbye if you want to say goodbye. And, um, and I said, if there's anything you want to say to me, to David, my brother, to my mum, I said, you know, say it now because, you know, this is the last couple of days. And um, the first thing he said to me and the last thing my dad ever said to me was I'm scared. And for me, that, that is like the ultimate realisation that I could have had in my life. And I don't think I'll get a realise like, realisation like that in the moment when you're sitting there in a moment looking at someone who 
you know he's going to pass away in the next couple of days. Like, there's no more realization than that. That holy shit, this man is fearful to pass. He is, this man is fearful to to go to that next stage of your life. And you talk about your friend who um, sadly took his life. If you had a moment to speak to that person that day, you would see an ultimate level of fear because no one wants to take their own life. Like that's, mm. it's, that's not a thing. Like you don't want to do that, but you feel like you've got no option. Mm. And that's how people live their lives. Majority of the time is unfortunately we live in such sense of fear that we feel like we've got no option, but to be fearful. Yeah. But once you break through the barrier of fear and realize that, holy shit, like I can dictate, like I am the dictator of my life. Mm. Like that's, that's a sense of power that I wish everybody could feel, you know, like it's a sense of power that when you know that, Hey, you can grasp every day and know that this journey is your journey that, Hey, whatever happens throughout this next 24 hours, it's going to be on my own terms. It's a very beautiful way to live, mm. you know, and um, I try and explain it to people and hence why I jump on these podcasts because, you know, like there's things that, yeah, ultimately like I get worried about or I might question at times, but I'm never fearful of having a mm. crack at it. Like I'm never fearful. It won't stop me from being like, oh, maybe I won't do it. Yeah. And it's even just <clears throat> the way I talk, you know, I'm not fearful of my emotions. Mm. Like, I'm not yeah. fearful that I can jump on a podcast like this, talk about anything in my story, and it's going to bring up a level of emotion in me that I can't control. Mm. Mm. And that's that's the fear that people bring is it's either a fear of bringing up emotion or it's a fear of judgment. Yeah. yeah. It's one absolutely. or two things that stop people from doing things, you know. Mm. And I see it every day. I see it in every conversation I have. It's the fear that someone else is going to judge us for doing something or it's mm. the fear that it's going to bring up a level of emotion that we can't yeah. control or we yeah, can't handle. It, what, what you sorry, what you said there, um, sorry to butt in, Sonny, but uh, um, yeah, no, no what you said there, Damon, is actually, I'm not sure if you've heard of Steve Jobs's commencement speech at Stanford. I think he said it in about in 2005. And what you said there is actually very, very similar to what he's he said. And he, he sort of broke up his speech into three parts. Um, the, the, the second part of the story was about, was about love and loss. And the third part was about was about death. Um, and mm. w- one of the things that he mentioned was that, you know, remembering that he will be that he will die soon is one of the most important tools that he's ever encountered to make those big choices in life and whether you know i don't know what those big choices are but he said that because almost everything all external expectations all pride all fear of embarrassment or failure like you mentioned all just falls away in the face of death because death is something that we all share and it's something that that's the final frontier for for everyone that no one escapes it's a beautiful commencement speech i've watched that 40 times at least it is a yeah, yeah. yeah any 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 finishes off i remember it's like um stay hungry stay foolish at the end of that and it's just like yeah. that yeah. that power in the way he speaks yeah yeah and it's awesome. and it's you know why it's so true and and the only reason he can sit back and say that is because he's been through it he's lived that mm. and that's that's ultimately everything i say on a podcast or in this next hour that we speak is because i've experienced that i've been through it mm. you never talk mm. out of school you know you never talk about things that you've never been through and that's yeah. the place that I get to is like, I've, I never talk about things that I don't know much about or I don't know anything about. But mm. the reality is that when you put yourself in the arena, you give yourself the best opportunity to be able to experience and relate to majority of our society. 
So for me, life is about throw myself in every single arena and just see what I can get out of it. Because mm. I might grasp a little, I might grasp a lot, but what it does, it allows me to become more relatable to the person I'm talking to next. Mm. And that allows me to then talk on a podcast here with you guys and be like, hey, I get it, I understand. Mm. Or if I don't get it, guess what? I empathize. I'm here, mm. I'm listening, and my ears are open. So yeah. there's two ways you can always go about experiencing things is you either have first-hand knowledge and first-hand experience, lived experience that you relate to someone, mm. or you're just there to be empathetic to someone, mm. you know? And majority of the time we go the other way and we say, hey, I've experienced, you say that you've experienced it, but you really haven't mm. because that's what a lot of our society at the moment decides to do is we mm. always want to be the voice. We always want to be, the person to give the advice but hey man the power is just as relevant mm. in the person who's listening and the person yeah. who's opening their ears and this is what i say on a lot of podcasts is don't be the first one to always talk because sometimes mm. the situation may not need you and require you to talk it might require you to open your ears say nothing and fucking listen for the next yeah. hour because that's what yeah. someone needs you know but then there's yeah, times absolutely. where your experience can help somebody so yeah. in the relevance of that Steve Jobs commencement speech, it's like, dude, that's, he's lived, man. You think about it. This dude yeah. is one mm. of the biggest entrepreneurs to ever face this earth. Mm. Yeah. Like you would listen to him, wouldn't you? You would listen. Yeah. But I think he's yeah. also, he's also, um, when he passed away, he wrote a letter. I don't know if you've seen it. I think he wrote a letter yeah. that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. That speaks yeah. about, um, he wishes that he, he gave back more to people. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> Yeah, And you think about that now and you're like, all right, this dude is the biggest entrepreneur this world has ever seen, but he mm. regrets not giving back. Yeah. 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 Like mm. the exact thing that we jump on podcasts like this to talk about is like mm. the greatest entrepreneur of, of our time mm. regrets mm. not giving back, not yeah. being able to help more people. Like, he, you know what I mean? He's a billionaire. Like that's that is yeah. <laughs> think about yeah. it, man. Like you know what I mean? Like mm. money, fame, fortune, houses, cars, women, anything he wants. Yeah. Regrets yeah. not yeah. giving back. Mm. Powerful man. Powerful. That's very powerful. And you've also captured it all very beautifully as well, Demo. Like I think one of the one of the there's like there's a lot of different notes I'm taking down here, but like I feel like <laughs> there's acceptance, there's like a life of service, and even like since you know like you know since that event happened when you were 22 23 i feel like you've just grown so much over the last couple of years and it's been the catalyst for a lot of the things you've been doing especially with run for joey and and a lot of other events um i want to take it back to like you know you're you've kind of put up the boots with footy and and you're you're sort of shifting priority to the family um what was the change in dynamic um with with the family and um you know particularly you know taking care of your father and just being able to give up, you know, that, that dream that you had of, of footy, because now you're, you're servicing the family. This was the biggest priority ahead of you. It's just a matter of importance, bro. Yeah. (laughs) It's a matter of importance. It doesn't Mm. matter what the goal, what the dream is. Like I do it a hundred times over Mm. the important, the Mm. the level of importance and what I value in life was my family, my father, he's my Mm. greatest inspiration. So to me, it was just, it wasn't even a choice. Yeah. It was, Hey, straight now shift into this mode. All right, take this hat off and put that hat on. Mm, That's yeah. just what one needs to be done. And I do that with anything in life now. Like, hey, if this hat needs to come off for today and I need to put that hat on, it's on. Like, let's mm. go, whatever it is. And mm. 
and that's the ability to to be able to shift with change and and it's probably another great talking point is mm. is i think i've really adapted to the <clears throat> to the notion of that change is just it's a, it's inevitable mm. whether it's daily whether it's weekly monthly yearly it doesn't matter like mm. things are going to change and if you don't have a personality that is available to adapting to these situations well you're going to start throwing up all these different emotions that you think you can't control um mm. so the one of the greatest realizations outside of what we spoke about before was that i realized that i needed to be adaptable to change yeah and that anything on any given day can drop like that <clears throat> mm. and I'm, I'm grateful, man. I'm, I'm mm. grateful for that. Like, <laughs> I can't tell you. Like, I can't sit on a podcast and, and tell you how extremely grateful I am that <clears throat> my dad passed away. I can't, mm. I can't. I know it's stupid and people may not <clears throat> ever understand it, but deep in my soul, I truly, I truly believe it, man. I believe that <clears throat> it was just meant to happen because it was meant to create mm. something different for me, my family, mm. and my outlook on life. <clears throat> but being adaptable to change is is just it doesn't matter because it's whether it's business it's going to happen <clears throat> whether it's your relationship it's going to happen whether it's your lifestyle it's going to happen the realization is we grow up we move into this stage of we leave school we got to become a bit more dependent that's change mm. then we go into working full-time all right all of a sudden sudden we got responsibility that's change you move into your mid-20s you're hopefully in a relationship and you're getting married and you might look at kids mm. later, that's change, yeah? Then you have mm. kids, all of a sudden the shift focus <laughs> from you to, hey, the I've kids. now got kids, that's changed. Mm. Then your kids go to school, all of a sudden you get some freedom, but it's a cycle of life. Mm. <clears throat> and mm. what we don't realise is that it's... it's <laughs> what I don't understand is it's going to happen. Like, it's if we all realise that it's going to happen at some stage and just mm. be prepared for it, yeah you can yeah. you can prepare yourself for change like you can mm. yeah and the more it, i always say the more you do something the more adaptive you become to that that one thing mm. yeah if you play football and the more you train the more you you go out and you do that one physical activity the better you're yeah. going to get at it like, yeah that's just the Absolutely. natural ability so yeah. for me it's like oh, i'll get up my day today what what can I adapt to today? Mm. What's what's that level of change? Because for me, growth doesn't happen in the comfort zone. Growth happens in the level of change. Is in the yeah. ability to go from your comfort zone to outside your comfort zone. That's the growth period for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't grow in my comfort zone. I, I, I use my comfort zone as a way of keeping some stability in my life. But the change is my ability to then, hey, this is my growth period. Where yeah. can I change certain aspects of my life to then grow as a person and be better? Um, yeah. And that's Agreed. it. And like, I'm not saying that you always have to be outside your comfort zone because you need stability. You need routine. Mm, course, you need yeah. a level of yeah, like, hey, like I'm grounded today. Mm. That's cool. That's your comfort zone. You always need that. But man, if you're not seeking out change, if you're not seeking out what's that next step, what's that next mm. level, you're going to fall into yeah. that category of just coasting through life. Mm. And yeah, it's... It's crazy because me and my brother are very opposite, very mm. opposite. My brother is very comfort zone and I'm like mm. very radical. Like you can see I'm very <laughs> radical. You see the way I talk I'm like, yeah. <laughs> And that's just, and it's, it's funny because we've grown up in the same household, but we've got two different outlooks on life mm. and mm. I'm not right and he's not right and I'm not wrong and he's not wrong. That's, that's cool. But 
what I can tell you is you grow much more as a person when you throw your hat into the arena that you're not sure mm. about. Like 100%. when you just go here, take it. I'm not sure where this road leads, but let's go. I'm interested. Let's yeah. just start. Let's <laughs> let's do it. Cause what's the worst that's going to happen, man? Yeah. I always think about it. Like I'm not going to die. Mm. I'm not going to hurt anybody in the process. I might fall flat on my face and you get up and you <laughs> dust yourself off and you say, all right, well, that didn't work. Maybe mm. either that one thing that I tried to do just really isn't for me or the process to get into that place, I didn't go about it the right way. So you mm. either change your process or you change the outcome. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I do. The process didn't work. I've got to be better, find a new process. The outcome wasn't for me. Well, f- fuck the outcome. What's the next <laughs> outcome? Yeah. Mm. 100%. There's 100 outcomes out there, 1,000 outcomes out there. But the more outcomes you seek, right, it's like, all right, you can have too many outcomes where you don't put enough effort or you can you know, minimize the, the outcomes and say, hey, these are my three focus areas today. This is mm. what I'm going to try and achieve. Mm. 100%. It, you reminded me of, of like a quote a mate shared with me and it's like, resistance is a need not being met yet. And that applies to, you know, fitness, public speaking, any area of your life. Um, I think you've captured it (laughs) really nicely. It's like, yeah, yeah, I I really like the the mindset you have. It's around abundance and not scarcity. And Mm. and we've seen, we've talked about it often. We've, we've mentioned on the podcast before you and me, Mank, it's like that it's like, it doesn't happen overnight either. You know, you got to be very conscious about creating those positive spaces in your life um, that can flourish and that you can see opportunity within, Um, you know, how, how, like, how have you kind of been, I'd be curious to know, like, how have you been very conscious about creating those positive spaces? Cause we live in a world that is, I don't know, maybe, maybe this might be just my perspective, that negativity can so easily just like riddle your brain and, and riddle your body. And you've got to be conscious about you know, sort of keeping you know what's those funny guys. You <laughs> yeah. talk about this. Cause I just put, before I go on this podcast, <clears throat> this is the, I put a post on Instagram. This is like the, uh, it's perfect for this conversation. I'll read yeah. it. <laughs> All right. Um, this morning's realization is that life is about navigating your way through every little bit of negativity to find the stuff that fulfills you. The struggles really never end, and that's reality. It doesn't matter how successful or happy you are, there are things that just ultimately you can't control, and you have to walk through the fire to breathe that fresh air again. Something I've struggled with, but finally accepted is what makes the finer moments so much more beautiful. I struggle to accept that life needs to be tough, but I also love the process of finding my way through it. Struggle is tiring. It wears you down. It makes you want to give up. But the more you find ways to turn struggle, struggle into avenues of happiness, the easier it becomes. So the more you seek out your struggles, the easier it becomes to deal with it. You know, like mm. you, if you walk your way through navigating <clears throat> negativity, because ultimately that's reality. There's negativity mm. everywhere. And you just walk through life and you'd say, hey, that's not me. Dodge that, dodge that, move out of the way. Like, mm. see you later. Let's, what's next? <laughs> it's what you do. You mm. think about it. Like mm, it's yeah. the conversations that you don't want to be a part of. It's the environments mm. that you don't want to be in. It's the friends that you don't want to hang around. It's the work colleagues that you don't want to have that interaction with. It's the mm. job that you don't want to turn up to. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's so many things you have to navigate throughout life. So anyway, mm. it's it was kind of just relevant to what you were saying. It was like I just <laughs> the, world is, the world is speaking to us, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like just, I literally yeah. serendipitous. Ten minutes before we jumped on, I posted that, and I was like, yeah, I, "Wow, <laughs> that's cool, man." Uh, 
Mank, Mank, I'm just like thinking about the conversations you and I have had over like the last week. It's just like everything yeah. is just pointing Gen- in a particular direction for us. Just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's interesting just how like, you know, uh, I don't even know if I've got the words to articulate it like you, Demo, but like um, when you seek out something mm. and, you know, you really believe in it, the world just speaks to you in so many different ways. You know, when, you, mm. when you're kind of operating within this space here, but you take a step out and you come into this space, you realize all the different opportunities different that exist here. Um, yeah. And this is weird because, you know, when you're stuck in a moment, you're just like, fuck, like this is the only thing I'm stuck in. This is, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, but you take a step back out of that and you realize there's yeah. all these different opportunities and life just speaks to you in weird ways. When we've started bottled up, it's just mm-hmm. like the conversations we've had, they've just been speaking to us in so many different mm-hmm. ways. We didn't even expect mm-hmm. it started off mm-hmm. with just chatting to mates at the start of it. And then just mm-hmm. one by one, it's just like this state of flow has just arrived. Um, the world works we, for us, like not against us. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's <clears throat> That's just how it is, man. If you, you it's something that Tony Robbins says, mm. like, where your focus goes, that's where your energy goes. Like that's, mm, that's yeah, exactly. Simple. That's yeah. it's. It, you can't put it any sim- more simple mm. than that. <clears throat> if you focus yeah. on negativity, you're gonna live a ne- negative life. If you're gonna focus mm. on positivity, you're gonna draw positive energy. Mm, yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, the thing about positivity and negativity is it's easier to focus on the negative. That's mm. that's it. Mm. Our our human anatomy and our body is designed to, to protect ourselves from life. It's the fight mm. or flight response, like. Our, our natural <clears throat> response here in our mind is to protect us from being harmed. That's how we're built. That's how like cavemen, have, it's mm. survival mode. Mm. So we, that's why it's so much harder to focus on positivity because you have to rewire your brain to focus on the positive than to focus on the negative because from birth, we are designed to focus on protection. Mm. It's why everyone is, is negative because... We don't go through our life working on self-development, personal mm. development, emotional intelligence, just being better people, understanding each other more. Like that's why we don't focus on the positive, positive things because focusing on positive is a lot harder because you have mm. to work for yes. it. It's easy to seek out negativity. You can look around the world. <clears throat> you can look on Instagram and be like negative, 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 negative. Mm. But to source out positivity, you have to physically do something. Like you have to, you have to exercise, you have to have great conversations, you have to go to a job that you actually love, you have to be around mm. the people that you actually care about. Mm. <clears throat> Not that 100%. easy, yeah. Mm. So it's con- you got to be conscious about it. Like you, you can't just you let have to it be more to conscious yeah. about positivity than you have to be mm. about negativity. Yeah. yeah you um we have like these uh we had a, we actually had a conversation with another bloke um yesterday um and he was talking about um these lenses that we all have that we we, we all of us like view the world from from a particular lens um and it's very similar to i think i was we were talking about this before about like this it's a it's a it's a it's a kind of this philosophical idea that we look at the world um through a particular lens um and that lens is made up of our personal experiences mm-hmm. our you know, i guess our attitude towards life um, and I think, and I think that, that that lens is called the noesis. Apparently, that is a bit of a fun fact for you. Um, <laughs> and um, and yeah, so like I think it's, it's it's very it's very similar to that idea that you know if we have a more positive mm. lens um, to the way that we view the world, of course it's going to look it's going to look amazing. Like it's, it's for example, like if I took a if I took a photo on a on a Kodak film camera versus like a digital mirrorless camera, yeah. of course, like the the, the, the greater the, the better camera is going to produce the better mm. picture. Um, so I think it's a, it's a very similar kind of kind of lens that we. You know what I call it? Like? This is and it's two things. It's two yeah. P's. 
It's, it's your mm. matter of perception of the world and it's your matter of perspective. That's it. That's your lens. Your lens is perception, perspective. It's what you perceive mm. this world to be and it's the matter of perspective you want to have on, on mm. life. If you perceive the world to be negative, it's going to be negative. Mm. You perceive it to be... And then you have perspective yeah. in life. You have yep. perspective of what you want to get out of this world. And if, mm. for me, that's all it is. Like, everything is perception. Like, the way you... We mm. could look at the exact same mm. thing and perceive it to be completely different. Exactly what you just said. It's perception. We could interact with the mm. same person and 100%. you have a different judgment to that you, person as I have. You sparked a, a good question. It's like, you know, obviously, it's as we grow perception. older, we become wiser, we become more mature. And you've obviously had events when you were, you know, 19 and 20 growing up and you're still finding your feet and you start like not too sure how emotionally aware you were. And obviously when we're kind of in those dark places, finding perspective can be quite hard, like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and and everything like that. Um, I'm sure there's multiple hats you would have been having to wear, you know, when you were 20 and you're kind of supporting dad, supporting the family. Like how did you balance um, Mm. your own grief? Like you're Mm. grieving at that time with all the news that's happening with this idea of supporting like the family and supporting your brother because yeah. everyone is feeling this you know in a very similar way like they're two very different hats and you need space for both of them um yeah mm, there you go yeah bang go. <laughs> yeah it's, it's acceptance anything in life mm. is acceptance you accept your situation you deal with it like you're if you're dealing with anxiety you the reason you can sit and be present and mm. deal with that actual thing that's happening is because you accept it's a part of your life. And for me, I'm very, very fortunate that I was able to do that straight away. Like when dad got sick, I I was able to grasp this mm. notion of acceptance. It's like when people break mm. up with people. The reason they can't move on is because they can't accept that it's happened. Like I get it. It's shit. Yeah. It's like, hey, you love that person or that person cheated on you. Like, but the reason you hold on to what's happened mm. is because you don't yeah. want to accept that it, 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 that it did happen. So for me, when you say, you know, taking mm. this hat off, mm. putting that hat on, it's just, hey, I've got to accept that I need to do that mm. and accept that this is now my world. I can accept mm. that, you know, I'm no longer going to have my father as part of my life. But you know what? Mm. I've got a mother that I love. I've got a brother. I've got niece and nephew. Mm. I've got a partner. And you know what? This is life. It's fucking it is mm. what it is. Like, what do you want me to do? Do I cry about it? Yeah, fucking oath I do. Mm. Like at least once a week, I'll fucking cry about yeah. it. But you know what? Mm. <laughs> Does that mean I haven't yeah. accepted it? No, it just means I fucking miss mm. my dad. Like <laughs> what more do you want from me? Fuck. <laughs> you know, like, but it doesn't stop me from moving on with my life and doing everything that I need to do because that's what he taught me to do. But you want to move on from anything in life, except that it's happened, except that it's a part of your life. Could you control it? Mm. If you could, well, work out what you needed to do to, mm. to stop it from happening. If you couldn't control it, well, let it go. Let it let it go. Like, let it go, man. That, that's that is so high. And like, it's it's what you're saying makes sense, but it's just like, I think I've spoken to Sonny about this. I've had, I've struggled with this a lot. Just continuously like going back, looking back into the past, if there's something that's happened and I'm like, shit, I could have done this, should have done that. Like, I, it's so hard, especially for a lot of people like, even if it's talking specifically about myself, like um, it, it's just so hard to accept sometimes that, it, you know, what could have been like, I, I, I almost, I almost feel like it's just so hard to like, uh, what you're saying makes perfect sense, but just so hard sometimes to just get out of that, 
Um, but is it stopping you from doing that same thing now moving forward? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. So I think it. But that's why. But that's why you're living in the past because now you're not throwing yourself in that arena mm. to experience that same thing that you could have done better. Because how? Because then how can you get better at it if you don't experience it again? Mm. Mm. So most people will like look back and be like, "Oh, I keep like reminiscing about the past, what I could have done, could have done." But for me, it's like, all right, it's not a regret. You shouldn't regret it. Mm. But if you don't throw yourself in that same arena moving forward, you're not going to move past what you could have done. Yeah. Yeah. And that's for me is like the biggest thing is like people live in the past because now they're stopping themselves out of fear for moving and throwing themselves in that exact same arena because they fucked it up the last time mm. that it's going to stop them from throwing themselves in the arena this time. Yeah. So that's if you're fear. living in the past, well, maybe you got to look at, hey, just throw myself in that same arena. Whatever it was that I did wrong, I know what to. You know what to do. You you know yeah. what to. Do. Uh, I know it. Yeah. yeah. I see it. You you know what to do. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that you're struggling with it. It's just you're not you're not throwing yourself in that arena to go do it again. Like, man, just doesn't matter what it is. Like at the end of the day, it's it's a self reflection to say, hey, yeah, it was my fault. Yeah, I could have done something better. But if you don't try and throw yourself in that mm. arena again, you're going to keep living in the past. It's a, like, like Damo, when, when you, <laughs> when you, when you come across like these really tough decisions or like, you know, the 48 hour run, the mm. run for Joey, like what's, what's the thought process you go through, uh, go through? Like, for example, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm, I'm, like, like, it's, I'm, I'm like, is it die. like, am I hurting anyone? No. Uh, am I going to die? Okay. Maybe not. Let's give it a crack. And is that, uh, oh. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah i'm prepared yeah, okay. to die yeah I'm prepared <laughs> to die. um no it's just it's right one it's you're right it, yeah you eliminate the risks right it's it's what you mm. always do with with everything like mm. i always think if i minimize hurting people yeah yeah it makes sense <laughs> if it means that i'm not going to hurt anyone in my life yeah i can do it because mm. and then and then the other thing is all right what's the only way I can hurt myself mm. is if I don't prepare for it. That's it. If I don't prepare for it and I try and do something that is potentially physically harmful, yeah. well, yeah. then it comes down to me. Mm. That's, that's my decision is that's my inability to prepare for something that mm. means so much to me. Mm. So when it comes down to a 48 hour run, there's a process mm. here. I didn't just <laughs> run 48 hours. Yeah. I first ran, mm. I first yeah. ran to New South Wales. I then ran 24 hours. I then mm. done the 48 hour. Mm. So when you say, hey, you did a 48 hour run, well, no, because 12 months prior to that, I've been training for ultras and I'd run to New South Wales and I did a 24 hour mm. run. So there's a process to building to that mm. 48 hour that it's a calculated risk. Yeah. Mm. It's mm. a risk, but it's calculated. It's like anything in life. If you're ever going to risk anything, you never just. You never just throw your hat in the arena with no fucking idea of mm. how it's going to play out without some level of understanding of the impact you have on yourself mm. and others. Mm. Yeah. That's that's the idea of mm. calculated risk. Yeah. Well, you got some idea, but there's an element that you're not sure. It's like that 20% mm. that could fuck up. Yeah. But you're comfortable with it. Yeah. But the, 80, the other 80% is you control it. You control mm. the outcome. Yeah. If you can control that 80% of the outcome, the calculated risk becomes just even more pivotal in your, in your life. Mm.
So when you talk about, hey, what's the preparation for a 48 hour? What's the mindset going into it? It's like, hey, mm. it's calculated risk. Mm. Um, and that's how I go about most things is like, I love having an element of risk in everything because mm. it's like, it's going to happen. Like yeah. it's that, holy shit. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm, fuck, I, I could win, I could lose. Mm. I could come out even, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I'm willing to explore that because... It, it allows me to learn so much about myself mm. that I didn't know I had. And each time I do something different, it's, it is that element of like, oh, I just learned that one thing I didn't know I had in me mm. or, you know, and I'm still trying to be better at that. Like mm. I'm still trying to be better at life. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, it, it's, um, it's like there's this guy, uh, Michelle, I'll link it to you um, after this. There's this guy called um, Casey Neistat. Um, he, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a YouTube blogger and he also does, he also does running as well. He loves his runs. He does, I think he runs marathons. He did, he did the, uh, I think he did the New York or the Boston marathon where you have to run like a, below a certain time. I think it's below like three yeah. hours or something like that. Um, yeah, so he, cut off. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. And, and one of the things that he mentioned was, of course, like running 48 hours is a, is an, is an amazing feat. And I think you, you're talking a bit there around, around, around taking risks in your, in your life. Um, Casey Neistat, he actually talks about this really interesting idea that, you know, living, you're kind of living life between these two pillars of risk and recklessness, um, in mm. the sense that you want to be taking risks in, in your life because that's what makes life worth, li- worth living. However, you don't want to be reckless to the point that it ha- that can have those really bad kind of, kind of consequences. And I'd love to get you, I'd love to get your, your thoughts on the, around this, given that, you know, you've pushed your body to the absolute brink. Um, did you feel like, at any points during that time, during that run, I know you, um, you, know, you, you sort of spoke about it there a little bit, but did you feel like at any point did you, that you were feeling, you know, that you were a bit reckless at any at any point? No, never, yeah. never. Awesome. Yeah. So that point between like risk and recklessness is like mm-hmm. that calculated risk. Yeah, it's like yeah. that's the calculated. So when you move from recklessness to then, you know, it's that risk. It's like that's calculated. That period there is really calculated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's an element of unknown, but majority of it is you mm. kind of know what you're doing. Mm. Yeah. Um, no, there was no point where I felt reckless. Um, there, there was probably points in my mindset where I felt like I could potentially push to the point of reckless, yeah. recklessness, but yeah. my body didn't allow me to get there. Awesome. Yeah. Just because of preparation, which is a great thing because yeah. my mind is reckless, but my preparation is very calculated. Yeah which doesn't allow me to get to that point. Because if I get to the reckless point, my mind's going to mm. say, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. So I'm very fortunate that in everything I've done, I've put in the preparation to not allow me to get to that reckless point. Yeah. Yeah. For me, if you get to that reckless mm. point, it's a lack of preparation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's the point I never want to get to in my life is I never want to get to a point where I put myself at risk and I put mm. the people who love me at risk. Mm. Yeah, because I was reckless. You, you did like um, yeah. you obviously ran like from Craigie Brand to Yarrawonga, um, and the, that was the run for Jory. And yes, so, like yeah. you mentioned earlier, you never really liked running, um, especially you know playing footy. Like it was <laughs> the one thing you absolutely dreaded. Yeah. How did you like one like um, why why did you choose running as the vehicle for for spreading your message, um, mm. and two, mm. what did preparation look like uh, for you? Because obviously. Yeah, running's tough, man. <laughs> I've 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 given it a crack a couple of times, yeah. and it's yeah. Uh, for me, first, this is just me. Like, I just find it slow. Um, one foot after the other. Yeah. 
that's the problem though is what you yeah. said you did it yeah. a couple of times <laughs> yeah. of course you hate it you did it a couple of times yeah. you haven't even given it a yeah. chance to work well, we, <laughs> like me and me and my partner should probably listening and we um try to do like a run before sunrise each morning uh for the month and lasted about two and a half weeks three weeks and that's probably is a big jump i think <laughs> All right, so that you you the, the problem was you just went reckless. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Try the first thing I'm going to do is one. I've never I don't run. Yeah. So the first thing you should have done is just go for a run. Doesn't matter what time. Yeah. Of the day. Yeah. I might do one. You after tried this. to go for a run before sunrise and try to do some David yeah. Goggins shit. Like, oh, don't, oh my god. Oh. Like, man, it's that's not reality. Yeah, yeah that's mm. not reality. Yeah. Like I always work off reality. That's not reality for someone. Mm. You know, like your reality is like, just get out yep. and maybe walk, jog just to start. Yeah. Go for a walk, jog, walk, jog and build it up. Yeah. yeah. So there's a process to it. But <laughs> David Goggins was sharing answering... 40% in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's a lot about that dude that I, I love and there's a lot about him that I just... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to your question, yeah. um, preparation for the run um, was extremely challenging. Mm. <laughs> for me, running, like, I hated running, but when dad got sick, I um, I started using it as just, like, therapeutic use. Mm. I started just wanting to be out on my own a lot. Like, I just felt like I felt a lot of comfort being by myself. I was always surrounded by a lot of people while dad was sick, family, friends, always at the house, and... For me, it was a bit of an escape from from the world. Um, I felt I felt at peace, like when I was running. I felt really, really safe as well. I felt really I can I can control the outcome when I'm running. Um, and I just found a love for it through that avenue. Like whatever the day had ahead of me, you know, I just I set it up with a run, and I knew the day was going to be tough and challenging. But if I'd got that run in, and it would just set me up for whatever emotional toll was going to be had on me mm. for the rest of the day, and yeah, I just kept growing the love, like just kept building and, you know, increasing my distances each week. And then just got to a point where I was just running really comfortably longer distances. And I, I found that love. Like I just, I purely would wake up and be like, I just, I want to put my shoes on and I want to be out mm-hmm. in nature and just want to listen to the sounds of my breath. And, you know, I want to hear my feet hit the ground and was fucking beautiful man it was just a beautiful spot to be in because i just knew that i could think i could i could be at peace with who i was as a person and what i was going through at that moment um and i was also getting physical activity out of it like i was you know i was feeling good um and then when dad passed away i was obviously at a point where i was sort of running bigger distances and the notion had come up of, of doing something for charity, um, raising money, uh, raising some awareness. And, and I started having these vulnerable conversations at that point, started opening up me as a person, emotionally, mentally, spiritually as well. Um, so we, you know, we announced that we're going to run to Yarrawonga. Mm-hmm. So the training sort of began from there where I, I got a coach on board. Um, so the first run at the... It's all a matter of like what you can cope with. For me, it's coping mechanisms. So this is a great talking point. I love I love talking about coping mechanisms because what you perceive to be hard is different to what I perceive to be hard. And mm-hmm. what someone else perceives to be hard is different again. Mm-hmm. At the time, running to Yarrawonga, I perceived to be the fucking most challenging mm-hmm. thing in my life. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and the training for it, I thought was, this is ridiculous. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. Got through it. And then I did the 24 hour run and the training became next level again. And I thought, all right, now this is going to be the hardest thing mm-hmm. I've ever had to go through. Mm-hmm. Then you get through it and you, I'd started training for the 48 hour run. And all of a sudden I started doing sleep deprived running, mm-hmm. um, yeah. staying up till two, three in the morning and then heading to the river. Mm. and running 40, 50K, finishing at 8, 9 o'clock in the morning. Mm. All of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, I just found a new level. And it's just coping mechanisms. Like the more you push yourself, you realize that there's no end to your physical limit. There's no end to your emotional Mm. limit and there's no end to your mental capacity. Mm. That's the reality. There's no, like when they say sky's the limit, it's like the reality is the higher you, closer you get to the sky, the less the increments become. Mm. So when I first started, it was like a massive jump in like my mindset. It was a massive jump mm. in my emotional well-being. It was a massive jump in how physically much, how, how much I could push myself. Mm. And then you get to a point where it's like, all right, if you just increase 20%, oh, the next stage might be 15% and then it might be 10%. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's five, four, three, two, and then it might be 0.1, point. So, mm. you know, if you look at like, the Elon Musk's of the world, I'm sure they're still incrementally getting better mm, each day, mm. but their increments are like that now. Mm. When you're first starting out, it's like, hey, you're learning bigger, you're taking bigger steps, bigger steps, and then they become less and less mm. and less. But for me, the training was fucked. Like, it was mm. fucked. I can't <laughs> explain to you. That's like, insane. the 48 hour was the hardest training because I was running sort of 100K weeks. Um, mm sleep deprived running so i'd go to work saturday work all day saturday try and stay up till 2 a.m drive to the river run 50k like absolutely sleep deprived insane get home at 9 a.m after not sleeping for fucking like 30 hours and then sleep all day sunday Mm. then sleep sunday night and get up monday and go to work Mm. like it was it was it was probably the most brutal thing, but you know what? I fucking loved it, man. Mm. I lo- like I can't tell you the sense of accomplishment of coming home, driving home at nine a.m. after just running forty k, have a shower, take my pack off, take all my shit off, lie in bed, the sun's beaming in my room, and say, "Fuck, fuck I just did that, awesome. and now I can sleep." Yeah, like the sense of accomplishments you have when you. Uh, for me, when you push yourself physically, like I think you learn the most about yourself yeah. uh, personally. Because I've done, I've done the emo- I've done the mental, I've done the emotional, and I've done the physical. Mm. When you push yourself to a physical state of pure fucking exhaustion, and you know that I can do that again, and I can push past that point that I once thought was my limit, it's incredible, man. It's incredible. So the going back training, ridiculous. Um, just because it wasn't a full-time job for me. It wasn't like, hey, my job is to run. Mm. It's like, no, your job is to go make money. And then outside of making money and doing that, you have to then fit in all this training. And what people don't realize is like, when you when you do that sort of running, it's not just running. Like I was doing four run sessions a week. I was doing four strength sessions a week. I was doing one yoga session. I was doing one pool swim. And then I would do multiple stretching sessions. So... Mm. I was doing maybe 13, 14 sessions a week. Some days doubling up, run in the morning, strength at night, work in between. Um, 
and yeah, you just get into this mode of like it's routine. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. you, you keep grinding, you grind and you grind and you grind. <clears throat> There'd be days where I'd get up and I'd fucking cry because I just I, I don't I didn't want to keep going. Mm-hmm. But when your purpose and your why is big enough, it doesn't matter how much it hurts. Like you keep do you keep doing it. Like yeah. doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter how much lack of sleep, how sore your muscles are, how fatigued you are mm-hmm. for that week. Like yeah. just you get up and you go because why? Because your why is big yeah. enough. That's um that that's like that's super super powerful um and I think yeah I, I I can I can definitely resonate with a lot of what you're saying because I think just to give you a bit of bit of background so I myself um and a couple other mates we did the uh the 48 hour um the David Goggins challenge yeah. so it's like the four by four yeah. by 48 yeah. challenge four miles every four hours for 48 yeah, hours for 48 yeah and that so that one for me was like a massive probably one of the most challenging things I've ever done in my life. And that was, yeah, like I can, I can completely, I can understand when you're sleep, when you're completely sleep deprived. I mean, like there was a point in the run where I, where I literally like I was in my deranged state. I was just like, I took my phone out and just spoke to the camera. I don't, I didn't honestly, but even like this to this day, I don't even remember what I said, but like, I was just completely uh, mentally and physically exhausted. But then I think from, I mean, from that, I think there's a lot of things that I learned from that. You know, there's, there's, there's this idea that, you know, you can push yourself beyond what you, what you can. Um, and once you, and once you do push yourself beyond that limit, you can actually use that as a, as a source of strength for things that you can do in the, for the things that you can do in the future. And I think, yeah, I think that's just, that's, a, that's like, that's super important. And um, you met, I think you mentioned as well, I mean, with, with, especially with your run, 290 kilometers um you also well it's also very um we also, we also need to mention that you also raised around sixty thousand dollars for the peter uh, mccullum cancer foundation and and i guess when i look at your life as a snapshot i think the really beautiful thing about that is it forms part of your legacy on on this earth and no one absolutely no one i don't care if you're the president of the united states or myself sunny anyone no one can ever take that away from you and so i guess my question is what does your legacy mean to you and what would you like your legacy to be moving forward yeah it's a great question i, I love it and it's always something that i'm i'm like yeah i know exactly what my legacy is and for me is like there's no amount of knowledge that i can have that it doesn't matter how much knowledge i have if i can't pass it on to anyone or if i can't create change in someone else i don't want to be on this earth i don't want to be here i don't want to be living it's like Man, if I'm not on this earth and day to day, I'm not creating to help someone else be a better person. Like, I don't want to be here. Don't want to live here. Like, I'd, it's just how I've sort of been built over the last three years. Like, my legacy is to know that, hey, that guy helped me change my life or, hey, that guy gave me that 1% source of inspiration. I don't care if it's 1% or it's 100% source of inspiration. Like, I just want to know that when I finish this time on earth, like I don't want the houses. I don't want the car. Look, don't get me wrong. I'd love to have a nice house and a nice car and go on holidays, but it's not something I can take to the grave. What I can take to the grave is a sense of fulfillment in getting the most out of my potential and knowing that people wanted to be around me because I made them a better person. Like for me, that is the most beautiful thing that anyone could ever have in this world is knowing that someone else wanted to be around you because you made them a better person. Like that's incredible. So that's cool. incredible man like and i do it every day and i say to everyone don't be on this earth for materialism be on the earth to give back and to create for other people like at the end of the day yes create for yourself first but whatever you're creating it's got to be for the benefit of other people as well um 
And that's it. Like, that's why I'm always so willing to give my time. And over the years, I've, I've stripped some of that back a little bit to then just focus on me a little bit. And some, then that's okay. Like, you, you do it. But my ultimate reason for doing anything is so I can help someone. Mm-hmm. So for me, knowledge is power, but it's only power until it's passed on. Yeah. That's for me, legacy. He's like, I throw myself in the arena so that I can potentially stop someone else from having to go through something. And you know what? I hope everyone at some stage goes through something I went through. That is my, uh, that is my ultimate fucking like reality is like, I hope, and I, I, I don't pray that someone loses a father, but I hope someone feels the level of rock bottom or level of emotion that I felt at some stage in life, because it's not until you hit that rock bottom or you hit that place of like, Hey, I don't think I can go anymore that you realize, you know what? Fuck. I'm meant to be on this earth. I'm meant to be here. And this is fucking the power I'm going to create for myself and the people around me. So I really hope that some people go through hardship. I I really do. Yeah. So (laughs) that's a bit of mine. That's my legacy. It's honestly (laughs) like it's my legacy because you think about it. We spoke about that Steve jobs. What did Mm. he, what did he want to do? He what he wish he gave back. <clears throat> I don't care who you are, man. Like the power is 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 surrounded in connection and belonging. That's it. Every human being wants to be connected, wants to feel connected, and everyone wants to feel like they belong to something. And that's our job to do that for each other is to help you feel connected in this moment for the three of us to be on this podcast to feel fucking deeply connected with each other. So we walk away and say that was powerful. We walk yeah. away and we say we got something out of that. And if we don't, well, don't even put this podcast up. <laughs> yeah. You, one one of the biggest one of the biggest values that Mank and I have, and it's sort of come out and bottled up as well. It's like this sense of connection yeah. as a value. Like the guests that come on, like having that deep sense of connection. And then I think the second thing is community. Like like creating that sense of community that we're all in this together because that's ultimately it's belonging, what it is, man. Right? Community is, is where you yeah. belong. You belong to a community. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. like if you look, if you go and look at any big business, like if you look at their mission statement or their values, mm. like everything's about belonging, connection, community. Like mm. that's the mm. ultimate reality. Mm. Like you want to create a family wherever you go. You want to feel like you're part of something. <clears throat> yeah. and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Like none, fuck. none of us know what the future is holding for us. Who cares? Putting one, who one. Cares? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, like who one, cares one foot after another. Yeah. You know what? The, I think that's how we. It, yeah. One thing we've lost as society is being present. Mm. We've forgotten how to be 100%. in this moment. You know, like we've forgotten how to just be here and be like, you know what? This thing has fucked everyone up. Like, yeah. It's like yeah. it's that notion of like, oh, I've got a text message. Wait and like we all do it i still do it sometimes but i make a conscious effort if i'm with people my phone is down i try not to look at it and i'm in that moment because that's what requires that's what's required is for my attention spent to be in that moment how can you connect with people if you're not in the moment you can't Mm. how can you connect with people when you're thinking about the past or when you're thinking about the future you have to be in that moment looking into that person's eyes and listening to their fucking soul not listening to their mouth move. Like you've got to listen to their soul. Mm. Yeah. Where's the message coming from? Oh. Yeah. Um, 
What else you got for me, boys? We... What else you got for me? Talk yeah, to me. yeah. He's we... hitting him out of the park, mate. That's, uh, <laughs> hitting yeah, home runs every day. They're uh, <laughs> kind of massive list of questions you and me, man. Yeah. Can... No, talk to <laughs> me. Say part two. Part hey, two, part I, two. If you want to do a part two, I'm happy to do a part two. <laughs> nah, this is awesome. If you want to keep going, we like, keep I'm, going. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just digesting the information you've shared. Like, I hope it's relevant. You've I hope it's... It, I don't know. I feel like oh, it's... 100%. Oh, my, 100% you, relevant. Yeah. yeah. You've put it You've put it together so articulately as well. And I think... And, and like, even when I ask you these questions, you just, like... You summarize it in, like, three words at the start. I'm just, like... Jesus. You make it so you know, simple. Because <laughs> exactly. We spoke about it before. People grasp the first yeah. sentence. They grasp the first three yeah. words. Yeah. And yeah. like you know what? Yeah, when you span. when you do a lot of public speaking too and you do a lot of podcasts, you learn how to articulate a lot more. And and, yeah, and this yeah, is a great talking point. Let's talk about this. The art of communication. Yeah. Yeah, talk about the art of communication. Like, mm, yeah. We've lost the ability to communicate with one another and communicate mm. deeply. You know mm. why? Because we communicate over Instagram, we communicate over Zoom, like we communicate mm. and you know what? COVID hasn't helped because we haven't been able to fucking communicate with each other. We mm. haven't been able to, but the ability to sit with one another across and feel energy is, has been lost a little bit, I feel. Um, and I, I'd love to, as a society, try and get back there. And that's one thing I do is like, Hey, like I never want to, like if I have a choice to do a podcast in person or to do it over Zoom, like I always want to do it in person. But mm. people say to me, oh, you're always on the phone. Like you're always talking. And I'm like, yeah, because if mm. I can't see my friends, like I need to hear, I need to hear voices. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I need to feel your emotion in your voice because mm. my first preference is see you in person. My second preference is, hey, I'll call you. And then my third is like, if I can't call you or I can't see you, I'll text you. But mm, we yeah. need to bring back the ability of face-to-face communication and learn to fucking mm. feel, man. Like, mm. it, it infuriates me that we lose the ability to, to feel each other's connections because yeah. it's the most powerful thing, man. When you feel mm. aura, when you feel, you know, energy coming off someone, when you see someone's body language with the way they're, they're talking, they're moving, like, mm. my partner says to me all the time, like, she says, you know, you're a great communicator. You just you get people like that and i'm like yeah but you know why because i throw myself in that arena every single day like again go Mm. back to it throw myself in that arena to have a deep conversation like you know what i love nothing more than just sitting the one i'm gonna say this the one question i fucking hate that people ask that annoys me because they don't really care is how are you when Mm. people ask this question they say how are you but then they walk away Mm. or it's like oh yeah, yeah. How yeah. are you, mate? Like, yeah. you know, how are you, Sonny? Yeah. How you going? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, don't yeah. fucking ask me if you're not willing there to sit yeah. there and listen to me. It's a, yeah. yeah. Don't ask yeah. me. Yeah, 100%. Because yeah. I ask people when I say, you know, how are you today? And they'll be like, yeah, good. I'll be like, tell me, how are you? Genuinely, Genuinely yeah. how you from actually... my fucking heart, tell me. And they're like, oh, someone actually cares. Like, if anyone yeah. takes anything away from this podcast, like genuinely mean something every time you do it, mm, you know, like I, yeah. I, I, one thing I've phased out of my life is just, just doing things for the sake of doing it. Like I remove it. Mm. I just, if I don't mean mm. it and I don't have a purpose behind it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So like, 
It's yeah. A, when you ask how are you, please, 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 please be willing to have that next fucking minute mm. or five minutes to sit there and listen mm. to that how are you answer. It's a it's an interesting one because it's like I feel like we're getting conditioned as a society. You know, when you see emails like you know, hope all is well, how are you, or like when someone's mm. like, oh, like I don't know, like so it's, it's just yeah, throw it's just away line. line. And I think that yeah. they're closed off. They're yeah. closed off uh, questions. Yeah. Like hope all is yeah. well. Yeah. Like dot. Yeah. Hope all is well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no. Yeah. Oh well, are you asking? Yeah. Me? Like, or you just being like, yeah, everything's well. Yeah. Like, what if what if not everything is well? Like, do you not want to listen in or like don't don't ask? Just get straight into your question. You know. And I've been guilty of that as well. But I think yeah, you highlighting it like I'm yeah I I definitely feel that like the sense of annoyance that comes from it as well. Language is is powerful, mm. man. Like, that's why I always say like. You can't take words back. Yeah, mm. you, you, doesn't matter what you say. Like, just remember that your power is in what you say. Mm. That's the power. The power is in what you say and what you do and how you back it up. It's your actions behind the things you say. Yeah, like, that's your power, man. Is like you can do whatever the fuck you want, really. But if you're not doing what you say you're gonna do, but you know, you know what is is powerful is when you're known for the person who actually genuinely cares when you ask mm. people know that you genuinely care so they give you the response that they actually want to give you so like mm. i know for me now mm. when i say how are you it's amazing that people just actually tell me how they are because i've mm. set a precedent for myself to actually listen yeah. and to care mm. and people are like yeah the only reason people don't reply is because they don't feel safe in that space with you mm. Like yeah. if people don't want to respond, yeah. actually, how are you? They just don't feel comfortable. They don't feel safe actually relaying that information to you. Mm. The one thing that I've noticed is every time I say, how are you to anybody? It's it's instant connection and it's instant. I feel safe in this moment with Damien. Mm. Yeah. I've, I've got a question for you, Damien. Yes, like often, you know, us men, whenever we see a problem, it's like a nail and we want to be the hammer. Yeah. It just like tries to fix the problem. And so one thing i've like struggled with sometimes is like you know someone's opening their soul to you they're talking to you like Mank, you know you and i are having the conversation as well like last night <laughs> literally yeah, last and, night, yeah. and it's like and it's like um you know you automatically go into like oh, how can i help this guy how and often it's just listening mm. is the solution like how how do you you know someone's opened up to you someone's poured their soul mm. into you know they've trusted you in sharing their story how do you like yeah what do you do next like how do you, you, know, how do you, you listen how do you hammer? go about it if you flip yeah. the hammer around, what's on the other side of the hammer? The one that pulls the, the pulls out. out. Yeah. Flip the hammer around, man. Yeah. Instead of just yeah. being like, I'm just going to fucking push this problem down. Like flip the hammer. All right. How can we solve this problem? How can we, how can we remove that issue that is causing you harm? But for me, mm. there's no like, it's just, you know what? Males aren't fucking good at. We're not good at sitting and listening and being emotionally vulnerable. That's it. That's why we're not able to fucking talk about our problems because we're not, mm. I'm so emotionally vulnerable. Like, it's just, it is like, people say to me, mm. like, how, how are you like that? I'm like, because I just allow myself to be. Like, I've, I do it every day. I allow myself to, I don't care about being like, oh, Damien, you're like an alpha male, but you're like, you cry a lot. I'm like, well, who the fuck are you? Who the fuck mean? are you to judge yeah. me? Like, yeah. all right, go live the life that you want to live where you bottle everything up and you don't want to talk about things. Like, that's cool. Mm. I'm, I've just learned to be very, 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 very vulnerable. Mm. And it's, 
it allows me to talk to any person. It doesn't matter if you're a 15 year old female struggling with fucking acceptance to school or you're a 75 year old who's struggling with that next phase of life. Like, fuck, I can talk yeah. to anyone. You know why? Because I don't yeah. judge. I don't sit there and say, yeah. hey, I know what you're going through. I, I sit yeah. there and I say, I empathize what you're going through. Remember, empathy is the greatest emotion you can ever have. The greatest emotion you can ever have. That's the ability to sit and understand emotion. Mm-hmm. Compassion is just saying, I feel sorry for you. Like, I feel sorry yeah. for you, but I don't get it. Empathy mm-hmm. is the ability to sit there and be like, I empathize your emotion. Because remember, it doesn't matter. The, the situation is the situation. Emotion is all the same, like anger, frustration, loneliness, sadness. Like it's all the same. Yeah. Disconnected. Like Mm -hmm. that emotion is, it's the same emotion. Like it's the same feeling. It's just whatever Mm -hmm. the situation that's associated with is different. But Mm -hmm. like, you know, you could be angry about something. I could be angry about something. The emotion is the same. The anger emotion is the same. It's just the trigger point Mm -hmm. is different. So for me, it's like, I don't understand the situation, but I understand and I empathize the feelings that you get in here when you bottle something up and your chest fucking closes and you feel like you want to scream. I get that. So don't try and understand the situation. Try and understand the emotion someone's feeling. And if you treat the feeling, you treat the trigger. Like the trigger is the trigger, but if if you can help someone understand how to un- like how to understand their emotion that's powerful because the trigger just gets eliminated you know there's times yeah. where you can you can eliminate triggers but remember you can't eliminate every single trigger in your yeah. life that's never going to be possible what yeah. you can eliminate is the response you feel to that trigger and that's what i try and help people with is like yeah i get it that one thing has triggered you but how do you internalize it yeah. yeah, you know. So if you're ever like going to sit and 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 be present and vulnerable with someone, it's understand the emotion with them. Understand that hey, the trigger is different for everyone, and you can't eliminate triggers. You can minimize, but you'll never eliminate. So you always go for how can I help someone internalize the emotion so it doesn't elicit a negative response. Yeah, because on the back yeah. of a, an emotion, there's always a response. It doesn't matter what it is. It's either negative or positive. Exactly. The more positive responses we have to negative emotions, the better we are. So remember that. Mm. The more positive responses we have to negative emotions, you set yourself up for success and you set yourself up to understand somebody. Yeah. So I hope that answers your question. Holy. That is that, that is just gold. Wow. That is a treasure chest. I'm, I'm, I'm liking this turn that this podcast yeah, is taking. I know, I love it. It's so good. <laughs> Going to like different it's ways. It's funny because yeah. you know what? Most people want me to get on and talk about my dad passing away. They want me to talk about my 48-hour run. But you know what, man? Like, mm. There's so much more. Man, this, mm. for me, I, I haven't done a podcast like this before where mm. we get deep into emotion. And mm. I'm excited because I said to myself, I never want to do a podcast again where I just tell my story. Yeah. Like there's no power in that. Like there's no power in it, it, that. You know what they call that? That's a motivational speak. Not interested yeah. in being a motivational yeah. speaker. Like yeah. I want you to relate, be relatable. And that's, and that's why it's hard for me to relate to David Goggins. Cause like I, I can relate mm-hmm. to him, but mm-hmm. not everyone is, 
not everyone can do what he does, man. Like that's the reality. He's like mm. not everyone can be who he is. And like, yeah, you know, there's this bit of a put on this front to be this fucking hard nosed dude. And like, yeah, yeah, you know what, man? Like people fucking struggle. Like, it's not as easy as just being like, you just need mm. to get up and fucking four a.m. and fucking run <laughs> and, and, fucking and, and, like, and stay hard. It's cool, yeah. man. But like, there's a what's the process to get there? Yeah, like what's the yeah. process yeah. for someone who's stuck yeah. on a couch who has suicidal thoughts every day to then transform their life, to then pick themselves up, to then get to a point where mm. they can fulfill their day every day. And that's what yeah. I love to do is like, what's that process look like? Mm. Every every good outcome needs process. I think that's something yeah. that just gets overlooked. Like it, it's not, when you broke it down, even your 48 hour run and, and your um, run to Yarawonga, like there was a process in place that you followed and i think that's something that gets very overlooked because there's almost this expectation even with david goggins like you almost feel like am i not being true to myself by not holding that expectation that he's it's a marketing tool though remember that book. yeah like remember that 100 100 sell books to yeah. sell talks to yeah. sell whatever it is yeah but it loses genuity yeah and and i think that's like yeah, exactly what you said. Like I've I've read his book and you know, <laughs> the end of it it's like, you know, stay hard or all these really strong motivational things. But yeah, I would have appreciated like process behind yep. it, like exactly what you were saying. Someone yeah. who's on the couch. You know who's good at that, bro? He's um, Gary V. I know he's a bit more of a hard, but yeah, Gary v, yeah, he, yeah, he talks yeah. about and I, I don't relate to awesome. a lot of what he said because he is again, he's that hard nose, but what he yep. does yeah. do differently to David Goggins is he talks about process. And mm. he says, I don't love yeah. the outcome. I love the process of getting the outcome. The, yeah. He loves it. Yeah. yeah. He, so he talks a lot about that. So, yeah. And that's the thing. But he's hard-nosed in the process. Whereas mm. Doggins is like hard-nosed outcome. You know? <laughs> the outcome. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, man. It's like <laughs> these, these things that we've talked about today, is, that's the shit that people struggle. Like, mm. It's not the struggle of getting up at 4 a.m. and going for a run. Like, Don't worry about that. Like, the most basic yeah. things are like people's emotions. Yeah. That's the core trigger to everything. Everything. Like, that's it. Mm. You don't understand your emotions. You you can lead to anxiety. You can lead to stress. You can mm. lead to the inability to understand people. You can lead to mm. the inability to understand yourself as a person, your direction in life, your career, what you want to do, where you want to go. Like, mm. understand your emotions. Like, <laughs> I fucking rattle off every problem that leads to emotion. Like, yeah it's i feel like it's a, it's so, the greatest mechanism we're given as human beings right the, the the ability to experience emotion like that is single-handedly the best thing yeah. that we're that's the only thing we have you know, people, human beings people say to me oh what's things. what's one super super power you want to have the ability to understand my emotions thank you i'll take it every day mm. see you later yeah yeah, yeah. It's the greatest <laughs> power you can have so, so if you want a fucking yeah. power understand your own emotions that's the power you should be given yeah mm. 100%. Yeah, Simon Simon Sinek's also really good at this stuff. I'm not sure if you've heard, if you've heard of um. Have you? Yeah, have you heard? Yeah, heard, you heard yeah. Simon I'll be Sinek. honest. I don't listen to a lot of people. I don't like. Yeah. I don't read mm. a lot of fucking books. I don't. And this is just. I'll tell you why. For me, I said I talk about it all the time. He's like, I just get in the arena. I get in the arena, mm. and I want to learn, and I want to fucking see face to face all this stuff, like. My problem is that you can read every book, you can go to every motivational talk, but if you don't push it into practice, it's pointless and it's useless and it doesn't mean anything. Mm. So for me, it's like, I don't, I honestly, I don't read. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts anymore. I don't like, I just don't because 
you know what? I'm in the arena every single day. And when you say to me, hey, you know, like, let's talk about this topic. It's like, I can because I'm living it, not because I heard it on a podcast or because I read it in a book. Like, yeah. Does that make sense? I, I wish yeah. That, yeah, that for every sense. book that everyone fucking read or every page that everyone read in a book, they had the same conversation in person. Then the relevancy becomes more appropriate. But when you read a lot of books, you just take inspiration. But if that inspiration is not turned into fucking lived experience, well, it becomes pointless, doesn't it? Anyway, yeah. that's it, boys. What, what else? What else you got for me? Uh, yeah, <laughs> we've got it. We've we've got it. Yeah, we do. Fire, we have a rapid fire question for you. Um, <laughs> but uh, is there anything else? Anything else, Mank, that we want to? Um, I think. I think. I think. I think we've we've covered, we've covered a lot. We've, we might split this yeah, into two. Yeah, I reckon. Demo. I reckon we, might... we split this into two. This is um. Definitely. Yeah. This, is, this is awesome. Just put this it in awesome. two podcasts. This is awesome. I, I, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. You know what's funny? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story. Every podcast yeah. I go on, um, the pod, the, the pe- people interviewing me or the person interviewing me is like, I'm going to send you questions just so you can prepare. <laughs> yeah. And I always write back, <laughs> don't send me the questions. I don't need them. Ask the questions. I'll answer. It'll be a great conversation. So one, I remember one yeah. guy, he, he sent me a bunch of questions. There was like 30 questions on there. I didn't even read it. I didn't read it. I didn't read it. And I said, I wrote back and I said, pick your favorite question. And I said, that's the podcast. Holy. So he picked one question and no shit. We spoke for over an hour about that one question and we just chatted life. And he was like, dude, he's like, I didn't ask you 29 of those questions. I said, I told you, man, because you don't need to. One question triggers a whole conversation when you get the right um guest on your podcast yeah yeah one question yep. and then that's yeah. just how i am like i, I talk a lot i'm fucking sorry but hopefully it's yeah relevant. Love it. <laughs> it's fucking relevant mate it's well, so good clutch, so you got rapid yeah yeah yeah, it was sorry, especially it was like last night, Sonny and I were, were, were talking, and he's like, uh, but it's like we, we, the way that we do it, we do it is we had one person sort of listen to previous conversations, and uh, we'd, we'd do like a bit of a run sheet for, for just for ourselves to give a bit of context yeah. and the questions that we want to ask. And um, and yeah, yesterday, Sonny was like to me, he's like, Oh, um, should we send uh, Damien uh, like a, a set of questions? And I'm, and I'm like, I'm like sitting there, I'm like, Oh. <laughs> We could, but I'm like themes, yeah, themes, yeah. themes. Oh, so he said him themes. Sorry, sorry. So don't send him themes. And I'm just <laughs> yes. like, oh, I literally because I listened to one of your other podcasts with Jack. I think with Just Chats, and it was like I think it was literally like you were speaking for for for, for a while, and like you you went into such like deep, like deep deep areas and deep yeah. topics. I'm just like, oh, I don't think we need to. I don't. I don't think we need to send him anything. I think we're. I think we're good yeah. to to go. Great judgment call. <laughs> Yeah. Listen to your <laughs> intuition. But then, what, what one thing that we did prepare for though is we do have some rapid fire questions for you. Yeah. Uh, I think we're yeah. we got about five, like four, <laughs> four questions here. I think. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah. happy to happen to kick, kick off. Um, so rapid fire question, uh, Damien. So, would you rather be the fastest man in the world or have the fastest marathon run time? Um, I would. I would much rather be the fastest man in the world because it takes, yeah. it'll be less effort. Because <laughs> <laughs> now I've run marathons. I'm like, fuck yeah. doing that again. Like, that's hard. Yeah. I'm not saying that running 100 meters is, but it's like 10 yeah. seconds of my life. Like, yeah. you know, like in this world where we get famous quick, 
Like, that's, oh, yeah, that true. seems yeah. like the option that I would take right now. Yeah. I've ran marathons <laughs> and it's not easy, man. Yeah, your 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 race in, as in a, as a sprinter would be able to fit in a TikTok. So fit in a TikTok, and I, that's it. I can't fit two hours or one hour fifty nine in a marathon. You know, one hour fifty eight these days. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, um, all right, uh, next one because I know oh, she's no. probably listening in. But fave date, fave place, date place with the misses. To be honest, or like the place the place where you guys go to. Anytime we're fucking like exercising together, like oh, it's so silly, but yeah. like we love training together like just going for a run down the beach and just knowing that we're side by side running with each other is like for me is like that's a date for me mm. like I, i'm not interested in fancy dinners and like it's all good and well and nice and whatever and but i'd rather just ex- go through life and experience with her together like so for me it's mm. like today we're actually after this we're gonna head down to the beach and going for a run and I'm like, mm, for me, that's yeah. man, that's my favorite date place with her is because we grab a coffee after and it's yeah. like we can sit and look at each other and have a great conversation, but know that we're putting in work together. Like that's a mm. that's a rewarding date that's for awesome. me. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Very nice. That's beautiful. That awesome. Yeah. Um <laughs> Thank you. Next, next one. one. <laughs> um favorite place in the world for a retreat? For a retreat. Wow. So I've been through mm. all of Europe, man, and I've partied and I've fucking I've done some crazy mm. shit. Um I love Croatia, man. Croatia is just Croatia. Croatia yeah, is yeah. a beautiful. If anyone's been to Croatia, it's a beautiful spot. Mm. Um, mm. Just for for a holiday destination. But if you're talking partying, Mykonos all the way. Oh, I yeah, have parties Mykonos. in Mykonos <laughs> a lot. Santorini. Oh, Santorini is Santorini is very couple based. Like very. Okay, yeah, it's, it's very, very like yeah, relaxed yeah. couple. But yeah. if you want to get loose yeah. and not know if you're going to come home or not, you go to Mykonos. <laughs> risky where's that on the risk that's fucking scale? way past like... recklessness that's like you know what it's not even on the chart because it's like a 20 percent chance of dying Jeez. <laughs> but, no don't Jeez, after all that no. conversation please don't take that advice <laughs> I'm definitely going to love it love yeah. it uh are you an r&b fan or edm r&b all the way here yeah 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 Yeah. we're just a huge rap fan so like watching the halftime super bowl the other day the halftime ship yeah Uh, i loved it love it man um it just depends like depends what sort of vibe i'm in i i I love a bit of house too like uh, for me i'm like old school r&b 90s r&b 90s you know hip-hop rap Mm. is like it's just my jam, but yeah, like if I'm training or if I'm in the gym, I'll, I'll throw on some house. Mm. If I'm out at a club, mm. like house, yeah, that's my vibe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm a white guy who likes to dance. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That was so. I'm a good. white dude who no, tries I'm... to act like he's got some sort of fucking like African American in him, you know? <laughs> like that's me. <laughs> no, it's like no, I, I loved it. Now, I actually when I was watching the halftime show um, on. On, on Monday, I was literally, I was literally, when I was watching, I was literally bopping up and down in my chair because I'm like, this is so yeah. fucking, especially when, especially when, especially when Still Dre yeah. um, came on, I'm like, Shit. oh, this is so yeah, cool. It's and it's like, oh. 90s babies, like late 90s, early 2000s, like, oh, you know, so um, good. you know what? And probably this TikTok generation probably didn't even know who they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, like, yeah there you go. This is white rappers. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. Like, this is going with like, dreadlocks in a blue fucking yeah, no. suit. Like, <laughs> and like, if they don't, if they don't, if they don't know him, like, then it sucks yeah, shit. Like, <laughs> move on, <laughs> move on, move on. Like, oh god. Oh. Um, all right. I think 
think think the last question yes i think is this the last one we have have a couple more uh well and this is more a curiosity question how did how did you and the uh lucky lady meet Uh, like you know you guys went on the run on the first one um so she she stalked me on instagram yeah, <laughs> and she doesn't ever want to hear it, but she followed me because it was at the time when I was doing the forty-eight hour and all the running, and she's just yeah, a massive, yeah, yeah. she's yeah. just a massive advocate for running. Like she, she loves it. So yeah, she, yeah. she yeah. just followed along on the journey, and then um, I was like, oh yeah, and then she Jesus kept liking man. a couple of things, and then I was like, <laughs> oh, I said I look at her profiles, like, Jesus, like wow, she's mm. uh is interesting. So as you do, like I, I flipped the like. She, she posted something one day and I flicked an emoji, like I fl- flicked the reaction. I think it was a fire. Yeah. Like, that's what you do, like fire. That was fire. Yeah, yeah, love that. Love and that. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was Better like, that's fire. So she yeah. responded, like, with some love heart eyes. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's a little twinkle going on here. Like, yeah. so I said to her, oh, we should go for a run one day. And then yeah. I'm very, like, I'm very particular with who I run with. Like, at the time, I didn't know how much of a runner mm. she was. So I'm very particular. I'm like, oh, Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that because if I run with her and she's slow and she's yeah. like, ah, oh, fuck, she mm. wants to stop. And I'm very, very, very particular with who I run with. And then mm. I bailed a couple of times because I was like, nah, I just can't be bothered today. Like, I don't want to deal with that. I'm in training. And then I was just like, no, you know what? Damien, just open up and just fucking just go, just go. And I remember she Bend got out of the car at the river and I saw her walk down and I was like, nah, that's not her. I was like, yeah i was like no and i just had this biggest smile and she says it to this day she's like the first time i saw you, you had this smile and you couldn't stop grinning and i was like yeah because you were fucking hot i said yeah. you were so sexy i was like i couldn't believe my eyes that's so <clears throat> that's how we kind of connected it's like on a platform that i hate yeah. using <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's how we met. We ran. And uh-huh. <laughs> it was like just beautifully romantic. It started raining as we were running, and I remember I tried mm. to give, I tried to kiss her after, and uh, she kind of barred me. And she was like, "Oh, she's like, I just, I just met you," and I'm like, "That's okay." I was like, "Did you feel connected?" She's like, "Yep." Yeah. I'm like, "So fucking kiss me now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was it. That was blossom from it. <laughs> That's so good. So how, does that um, solve your curiosity? Oh, man, this is a perfect one. <laughs> yeah, I reckon, podcast, yeah, I reckon. That, that, is, that is good. That is really good. So whoever whoever makes it to the end is going to get a wonderful yeah, story. Yeah, a wonderful story. Uh, <laughs> this this has been full of stories. Yeah. This last, I've got the recording on hour yeah. and a 45. Yeah, same. Yeah. This is, this is one of the longest I ones I hope you enjoyed it. This is awesome. I hope it's done. No, nah, thank you so much. Oh, it's been yeah. good fun. <laughs> that was really, really good. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah. I'll give you some feedback. She'll listen to it. What's what's Mia. her name, by the way? Okay. Mia. 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 Nice. Mm. Mia, hope you're listening and hope you've made it this far. Um you're dating an absolute <laughs> yeah, gem. Absolute gem. <laughs> yeah, absolute gem. Yeah. Great lad. You remember that, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Do you are you boys in relationships? Do you have girls at all? <laughs> Uh, I've got a I've got a girlfriend Hash Deep. She listens to yeah all oh, the podcasts as well, which is really nice. Uh, Hash Deep. Hash Deep. HD. HD. Yeah. HD. Or HD. Oh, yeah. HD. 
Good audio. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Easy yeah. voice. Uh, I I um yeah. I, I spent Valentine's Day having dinner with Mum, so that's that. that hey, that's, uh, there's always one lucky lady. Oh yeah. <laughs> one lucky lady. No, it's all good. It's all good. Um, but I was. Uh, oh, I, I, used, I did to, the same for yeah. four years, just living at home with Mum, single and. Oh, nice. Yeah, for four years. Yeah, I did it. I did it for, I've done it for what, 20, 20, 23 years. Hey, you know what? Sky's the limit, man. Sky's the limit. Hey, 24 years could be 50, could be 70, whatever. Awesome. Yeah, sky's the limit. Just see where the journey takes you. Oh, that's a great oh, time to wrap it up. I reckon that is good. Yeah, I reckon that, that's a that's a great <laughs> great point. I, I I reckon that those those last two minutes, that's what's going to be the TikTok or that's, like the yeah, Insta reel. Yeah, <laughs> if you're going to do a TikTok, yeah, yeah. that's what you have to do. You just break it up the stupidest and funniest parts, and you put it into a, like a reel on TikTok, <laughs> and it'll go it'll go viral. Don't worry yeah, about viral. all the talking yeah. points that we had, all the things that had so much yeah. meaning and emotion behind it. It's like. Just yeah. talk about that. How you, how, how you met me? Yeah. All right, let's let's wrap it thank up there. You. Um, <laughs> thank you, Damien. Oh, thank you, you heaps for coming on. Um, a lot of energy. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast as well. Uh, there goes <laughs> my old friend. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, stay in touch. Yeah, uh, we'd done. love to go have a coffee and hang out sometime. I stay at some um, stage. Like, um, I'm a bit slow on the running, so I'm not going to piss you off and (laughs) go down there. I've hung up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I am on Strava. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, add me on Strava. I I still run. I sort of run three, two, three days a week now, but just not ridiculous. Six, eight, ten K is my my, my, my limit now. So, Mm. appreciate it. Cool. Wrap it up. All right, let's uh, wrap it up. This is Sunny signing off. Damien signing off. And that's a wrap for this episode. If you're enjoying our conversations, please help us out with a quick rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. All the conversations are recorded in video, so check us out on Instagram and Facebook at our handle at BottledUpOz. Drop us a comment or a message if any of these conversations resonate with you. And most importantly, please share this podcast with anyone who might need it. So as always, this is Bottled Up. Thanks for being part of our family and see you next time.